Hey there, welcome to episode number 17 of the Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp, and today I'm chatting with Tanya Kolesnik, entrepreneur and owner of the County Collective. In this episode, Tanya shares how her life took a 180 when she hit rock bottom, her honesty and candor about her struggle with depression and postpartum following the birth of her kids actually gave her the courage to leave a life in the city and open up shop in Prince Edward County. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share real stories of influential women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, Andrea Crisp, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. This episode of The Courage Cast is brought to you by something that is very near and dear to my heart. It is my passion to empower women to live more bravely, and maybe you found yourself a little uncertain of how to move your life forward. If that's you and you're ready to reignite your confidence and change your perspective on what you're fully capable of, and if you want to break free once and for all from your limiting beliefs to live your purpose, then Breakthrough Coaching is for you. So let's have a conversation to find out what's really holding you back so that you can reframe your mindset and get the clarity you need to move forward both personally and professionally. Let's connect at andreacrisp.ca forward slash schedule. Friends, I have been waiting to share this episode with you. I loved talking to the woman you are about to meet. She's brilliant, creative, wise, and so very generous. With two small kids in tow, she and her husband Dustin left the big city of Toronto to find a quieter life in beautiful Prince Edward County, where they are currently in the final stages of building their dream home. This past summer, Tanya opened up shop in Bloomfield and has quickly become a place where her guests are turned into friends. If you ever have an opportunity to visit the County Collective, you are in for a real treat. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Tanya Klesnik. Tanya, I am so glad to have you on the Courage Cast today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. This is so exciting and nerve-wracking, but more exciting than nerve-wracking. Well, like literally the first time I saw you, I feel like we were fast friends. Now, I know probably some of the listeners are like, Andrea, you say that every time. But seriously, <laughs> seriously, I remember walking into your shop in Prince Edward County, which for those of you who do not know the Ontario, Ontario or anywhere around Ontario, it is literally one of the most beautiful little parts of Ontario. And you have the quaintest shop. And I walked in and it was like walking into someone's home. That is the biggest compliment that I could ever get. I think when you're going into a business like that, you have so much influence of the people around you being like business is business, personal is personal. And they give you all these kind of um, tidbits about like what you're going to do and how it's going to be. But really, it's like it feels like I'm having people over as company all day, every day. And it's the best part about it. I get to meet so many people and the buying and the business part becomes so secondary to the relationships that I'm building, which is the best part for me. You know, it's actually, while I was there a few times, because I've visited now a couple of times, every time I'm there, someone is chatting with you. They obviously know you personally. And I don't know that they're people necessarily from Bloomfield. They're probably just people who have 
um, kind of gotten to know you, but you have like just this welcoming presence. I appreciate that. And like, and everything about your store is so cute. Thank you. I'm trying. Being unique in these types of endeavors is important, but it's hard. (laughs) But I really, I tried to make it a really good balance between what I think people would like and what I personally like. And I think we got there. It feels good to me. Yeah. Now you've got like, what is the inspiration for you? Like when you're picking out um, the things you're going to sell? I have been known to call it my online shopping addiction come to life, which is like (laughs) half hilarious, but half pretty true. If I wouldn't buy it, then I probably won't put it in my shop. And I do that because that's the only real way I know how to sell a product. If I fall in love with a maker, what they're doing, what they stand for and the products they create, it's so much easier for me to sell them to people and to kind of convey what it means to bring something like that into their homes and into their lives. I really look at every piece in the store to have intention for people. And I try to keep that in mind when I'm bringing it in. So it's like a, an emotional, personal connection to different items or like I had bought one of the sweatshirts that you had that says camp on it. Yeah. It is literally the coziest sweatshirt I think I've ever (laughs) worn. And it would just, it felt um, to me, like as soon as I saw it, it was like, this reminds me of like my growing up in Ontario. Totally like cozy, relaxed, but it still gives you like a special feeling. That's what I like to feel when I'm buying things. So I like to create that for other people. Well, you're doing a great job. How long has the store been open now? Uh, we opened on the May long weekend, so not long at all. You're kidding me. So you're, you've literally only been open this season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like, I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm having the most fun. <laughs> so what is the plan then coming for, like, how long will you be running this season and then reopening again? Uh, we are going to try and push into the fall over the weekends as long as we can right up until Christmas, if I can sustain it. Um, and then after that, we kind of have big plans of making some of our own goods and hopefully taking the business online, which would be awesome for us. Uh, that would be so cool. I'm, I'm already excited. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> so it. now you guys have not been in Bloomfield for very long. What was kind of the, um, what prompted you guys to actually move out there and start this business, and I know your husband kind of has um, some consulting business that he does for himself. So why Bloomfield? Um, we so I came to Prince Edward County a lot as a kid. We had a sailboat growing up, so we would come sail, stay. But it was it was the beach, which was incredible. But it wasn't any of the kind of supporting surroundings. So not really many wineries, the restaurant scene, and the small shops and stuff weren't here yet. Mm-hmm. And then my husband and I started to come back probably right after we started dating. We fell in love with it, and then we had two small children's. Clo- children's children closer to Toronto. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of had some mental health issues going on in terms of postpartum with both of my kids. So I think by the time we had our second child, we had this big house and we were in a place that wasn't really serving us and we weren't serving it. And I think that my mental health and the mental health of our family really 
had a spotlight shun on it and we decided to make the jump to somewhere a bit more relaxing and more manageable for our lifestyle. Wow. So you really made a huge move in light of where you are at. You, I've learned that nothing comes above people's mental and, and physical health. And we were going through it. There's no easy way to put it, but really knowing that we had to make a change and jumping with both feet in made it so comfortable and so therapeutic for us that we really found a kind of safe spot in this little community and it's letting us thrive in ways that we never thought we could. Now, how are you now comparatively to where you were when you were living in Toronto? (laughs) I mean, I'm still unstable, but I'm in a very (laughs) manageably unstable state, which I think most of us are in. Um, I've been able, you know, I think depression feels like the ultimate failure when you're at your bottom, you're like, Oh, that's it. Life's not my thing. It's fine. We're going to move on. But um, my creativity really took flight at that bottom level for me. So I was able to work through fear, which you don't have a lot of fear when you're at the bottom. So I was able to kick my creativity into high drive. And that kind of fueled step by step owning a small shop and kind of being vulnerable and open with how I live my life. No, I've never actually heard someone say that. Can you like describe that? You say you didn't have fear at the bottom level. What did that like? What does that mean? It once you and anybody who has suffered from any kind of clinical anxiety or depression knows this, that when you are in the depths of it, um, you really build an immunity towards feelings, whether they're high or low, you kind of are just there and you're feeling it and you're waiting for something to grab you out of the dark. And for me, that was really um, harnessing what I already knew about myself, harnessing what I naturally gravitated towards, which was some design, some critical thinking. I really like to put business plans together and that's where it started for me, just like in the depths of this can't get any worse. So there's no fear in trying to make it better. That is seriously the most beautiful thing because it literally came out of a place for you where there's no worry about failing. It's it's part of my biggest blessing. I always say that, that um, had I not, you know, a, a lot of people say to me, you know, where did you find the courage to move out here? And I always say that courage found me. And it mm. found me on my knees in the dark, like on the worst day. And I think courage can only help you flourish if you are ridding yourself of your ego or any kind of negative self-talk that would tell you you can't do it. And depression does that for you. It takes almost everything. So once you're left with nothing, courage really helps you rebuild. I'm getting chills, actually. Stop. No, I'm serious. (laughs) I am getting chills thinking about that. Maybe I've had too much time to think about this, but yeah, I, it, it's helped me. You know, I, I really do call it my biggest curse, but really my, it's a blessing in disguise. It, it sounds like it. Now, when you're talking about, you know, starting something and getting that creativity and allowing it to flow out of you, but, but also like beyond even the creativity, you've had to like channel this inner businesswoman. <laughs> as well to open up something and bring it to the level that it and it's been so widely 
received in that community and so well received. Like, how have you managed to like use your creativity and your business, like I guess acumen, to move it forward? Um, I I really commend um, my parents and everybody that was around me when I was a, a little girl. At seven years old, I had full-on babysitter club business plans. My dad would mm-hmm. get on the phone with me to insurance agents um, trying to get premiums on what it would look Hilarious. like for a seven-year-old to mind another 35 seven-year-old seven year and see how much that would cost. So they really were good with um, fueling the insanity of a seven-year-old girl, but that's really helped me step-by-step get me where I am today because I have experience, even though it's not, you know, viable experience, it's still experience. Yeah, like, so at seven, you already were, like, thinking, okay, what can I do? How can I sell? How can I make money? Totally. Lists, like, lists fuel me. If I can write something in a list, I will do it. If I've already done things, sometimes I'll write them in a list just to get the satisfaction of crossing them off again. I'm really kind of sick that way. No, that's amazing. Like, uh, I'm not that type of person. I think I like to think I am, but it's really, I'm like, I need help. Someone help me with that. Please bring me out of my misery here. And there is, I mean, there are moments of that, but once you build your self-confidence out of doing one thing that doesn't fail terribly, it, it like just pushes you to the next thing. And I think it was just a long, slow series of that to get me where I am with this little store. Yeah, which is so cute. So how how would you say your life experiences? So you've talked a little bit about like having postpartum, but just even, you know, that and beyond, like how have those life experiences taught you about having the courage to, to do this? I, you know, I, I'm a mother. So bringing it back to myself in motherhood, which is where I think I, it was the most transitional part of my life. But it became really clear really fast that if I wasn't modeling what I would want my children to do in my situation, then I wasn't doing our family or my truth any justice. So celebrating my spirit, even though it's a little bit unconventional and my path might have been a bit backwards and messy, if I can really dig deep into my differences and my creativity and make my challenges um push me towards my greater purpose and they could be watching that and we could all feel like that's what we do in those types of situations and we were all learning that is basically the the biggest thing that has fueled me in all of this Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so like having kids and even seeing them grow up just really pushing you to step out of your comfort zone and you have to you have to model it for them you know you it's not a say as I as, or do as I say and not as I do. You really do have to do it. You know that they're watching. And the more I accept my quirks and my differences and celebrate them, you can see it trickling down to them so quickly that it that's motivation enough to keep going. Was that an easy thing for you to do? Like to like you talk about, you know, celebrating those quirks or whatever. Like, how did you do that? I. I've always been a bit different and I've, I've known that from the beginning, but 
it was, I think it was changing the framework of family being the most important input in my life as opposed to people around me. You know, I always was one of these people that were looking around to make sure everybody's comfortable around me, everybody's feeling good. And I was there to serve other people on their journeys. But once you have kids, like you're serving them and you're how you have laser focus towards um, how to live your life to better model what success looks like, even if it looks different than other people's success. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a lot for them as well as not really letting yourself fall into like a people pleasing mode. Oh, I, I am really good at that. So it's been good for me to have a, a different focus and it still happens sometimes. I mean, people come fast and furious in every different direction, but, um, having those boundaries and knowing when to step away has been really important to me, especially in my business, because I sit there every day and I'm by nature an empath. So when people come in, they want to talk, they want to connect, they want to feel something while they're in your shop. And I really want to show up for them. But at the same time, I don't want to bring too much of that back into my home and with my children and in my brain because it takes up a lot of room for me. I I worry about people. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I was um, at a few shops in Prince Edward County the day that I went and saw yours. And there is a huge difference between when someone is connecting with you and then someone is like legitimately connecting with you, which I believe you're doing. I'm I'm trying. I know the difference. I think you can sniff out authenticity pretty easily, um, which is why I just try to bring my A game whenever I'm there and really in life because the deeper you're in it with yourself, it mirrors back to everybody around you, which I'm finding to be super freeing. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Um, like to me, when I think about that, and I don't even think about the context of the store, but I just think about like how you're describing that sounds to me very purposeful, very intentional. I, I think it is without me even knowing it. You know, I always think that the lessons happen and then they're 2020 in hindsight. So I think right now in my life, I'm getting to a place where I can build relationships and also have boundaries, which is I think going to be important in whatever I do next, which is how I like to look at the path of my life. Whatever I'm in now is to serve me for what I'm going to do next. And so how, how important are relationships to you now? Um, they are very important, but they are far and few between what they used to be. As a people pleaser, I would collect people. I would have <laughs> friends, you know, uh, one of my favorite Instagrammers, uh, the Allison show always says, invest in people that invest in you. And that like something what fired in my head when I heard that. And I thought that is going to be the new filter for me with relationships. And right there, I think 80% of my relationships went down the drain that day. Really? Oh yeah, for sure. Because when you're a support for other people and you're telling people how okay you are all the time, which I was extremely good at doing even through the depths of my depression, they start to learn to never ask how you're doing. And, you know, I think I'm at fault for that. But once those, um, once those filters are put in place, you can't really undo it. It's hard to get out of something like that. And you also have to think about 
how much the relationship means to your purpose and your life, which is, which is hard to do sometimes because you end up loving people however well or poorly they treat you. Now, I don't know if you can, you can attribute it to depression or to what you went through, but being able to be that self-aware and to identify that these relationships are no longer serving you is huge. And I think that goes back to whatever is happening inside of me, reflecting um, outside of me in my kind of day-to-day life, which if I'm not serving myself and I'm not surrounding myself with things that serve me, I have less of a chance to go inward and really dig deep. And I'm finding that if I give myself the time and attention I need to make sure I'm good and okay inside, things seem more and more effortless on the outside, which is a correlation that I think I missed for a really long time. And how did you do that? Like, how was that process for you? I mean, I think the first thing is learning what you consider to be your self-worth. And that took a really long time for me to find because I think I'm a bit unique in the fact that my self-worth and what I'm able to contribute looks very differently than what other people are measuring themselves up against. And it's that whole idea that people are connecting to my journey and not my destination that rung really true to me. It's like, okay, nobody wants you to be perfect. Nobody wants you to be all-knowing. Nobody needs you to be you know, saving everybody left and right, but everybody does need to connect to the fact that you're on a journey and you're going to be open and willing to connect with people who are also looking for that same connection. Will you be my life coach? Yes. I mean, (laughs) my, (laughs) my rates are are high. I will tell you this now, but yes. (laughs) I mean, that is seriously like I could stop right there. Like that is, that is gold. I was like, for real, like, I don't know, maybe you're preaching to me. I don't know. Um, I, it's so good. It was so good. I, 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 I'm, I'm blown away by how, how much work you've done to get to the place you are. And like, I love the fact that you're talking about how the inward work, like the stuff that you're doing on the inside, if you're doing that well, and if you're really paying attention to it, that everything on the outside is is more effortless. And sometimes I think we spend so much time striving. Oh, I know my, my personality <laughs> is that way. Like I'm striving for to complete this. I'm, I'm striving for perfection. I'm striving for success. I'm, I'm doing all of these things to like, I don't know if it's proving to myself or to others or whatever it is. Right. But, but knowing that, and you kind of putting words to that, saying, okay, if I just do the inward work and don't worry about whether or not people are connecting to what I do, but are they connecting to who I am? That, and that is the difference. I think when we're talking about relationships and building these kind of, you know, you, you, it's a give and take, but if you don't know where you're taking from, it can drain you very quickly. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, and I've also found that Anytime inspiration has found me, it only serves me if it finds me busy, if it finds me 
whatever it is, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, but sometimes I need to pick up a pen and I need to draw something or I need to make a list or any, and those things that seem simple and silly, if inspiration, inspiration will only find you working, you know, Mm -hmm. that is the only way that it's going to find you. You need to be in it and you need to be willing to make sacrifices and get uncomfortable so that you can like kind of catapult yourself into the next phase of whatever this all is, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's gold. (laughs) So what would you say like you are willing to fight for at this point in your life? I would say that the thing that I'm most willing to fight for right now in my life is getting out of my own way for where I have faith that I can go, whether it be in my personal life, in my professional life, doing the inside work to kind of hush my brain Mm -hmm. and hush my ego to let myself get to the next version of myself is I, I fight tirelessly every day for that because it means that I have to let go of a lot that I think I know about myself to learn who I really am. And did that come out of the depression and, or was that something you already kind of knew? I, I think that you can't, you know, when you're, when you're going through any kind of anxiety or depression or mental health issues, you start to question everything on a level that, um, can kind of really hurt you and push you a lot deeper into it. You know, I always say that there's a level of, things you can control when you're going through anxiety and depression. And then there's a whole bunch that you can't, but if you're willing to take what you can control and manipulate it in a way that serves you and that lets you be yourself as much as you can and remember the spark that was once there, it gives you a whole new life. Like you, you have context to any kind of pain you've ever been in or anything that's been uncomfortable for you and, it's able to serve you all of a sudden where it used to be a huge heavy burden, which I think depression does that for you. It, it puts things in perspective and it makes you use what you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I know you have a young daughter yes. and like, what would you tell her as she's growing up about courage and about how she should live her life more authentically? I, uh, the funny thing about this, and I, and I mean this answer, is that I would say nothing. I would model everything. Oh, wow. And that is what I try to do every day. And even with, with my son, it's I have nothing to tell you. There is, there is no magic to life. There is no, there's no spark that will happen one day and you'll wake up and be exactly who you've always supposed to be. We are constantly changing. And if I can embrace my day-to-day self and celebrate it and know that I'll be different tomorrow, then hopefully they can accept those parts of themselves too. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm laughing. They've got a great mom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we've been through it, so they deserve one by now. (laughs) No, I mean, seriously. And and maybe, I mean, I didn't know you in, at that time in your life, but it seems to me like you have really done the hard work necessary to really thrive. And I'm, I'm careful of that wording because if I 
think that my work is done, I'm crazy. I know that this is just the beginning, which is the scary part, but also the very freeing part because it makes everything so fluid and it makes me open and ready for whatever comes next. So this will never end for me, which, mm. which makes me happy. It's like we never get there. People, you know, people don't want to know the destination. They want to get on your journey, which I'm, I'm on it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And being, being a part of it and being able to celebrate every win and like, you know, if things don't work out in certain, you know, move on. <laughs> yeah. And, and they are wins, you know, every failure I've ever had has in hindsight been the biggest one of my life. If you don't have context for, for the pain you've been through and the challenges that you've had, you can't let it um, help you with whatever comes next. So half of that is like, yeah, that was really hard and crappy and I did it anyway. So for you, like when you're thinking about, okay, you're, you're going to be kind of uh, closing down shop in a little bit, having the winter prepare, doing a lot of new things and exciting things. What is ahead for you? I feel like if I can kind of stay on my path where I'm unfolding and I'm understanding that there's going to be different things coming in the future for me, I get so excited at what you can do when you let yourself be who you are that I really, and this sounds so silly, but I feel like sky's the limit. I, for the first time in my life, I feel like I have options and I feel like I can try things and fail at things that will serve the next thing. And none of that scares me anymore, which is amazing. And I know that this will evolve, like everything does evolve, but I'm really excited to get to a place or continue being at a place where I feel really proud of what I've done. I, I feel proud of it, which is new for me. Pride and kind of anything celebra celebratory for myself is foreign to me. So I think this is the first time in my life where I'm like patting myself on the back and I, I hope to continue along that path because I think I do deserve it that, you know, it, it was hard, but it was worth it. And I'm loving it. Mm -hmm. I love that you say that because there are so many women, entrepreneurs, creatives, um, who, who don't feel that way. And, and they won't, if they get stuck thinking the, like, you know, if, if you just tell yourself all the time that, you can't do whatever's next and you, and you're comparing yourself to different people and you're measuring yourself up against things that, you know, aren't even on your radar. That is all very time consuming and it's all very brain consuming. I always think the best way to make room for growth is to stop measuring yourself. You know, nothing grew taller by being measured. I heard that somewhere and I thought like, yes, mm. <laughs> truth. Yeah. Like, leave me alone. I'm on my path. I'm doing my thing. Like, how would you say if someone came to you and said, okay, Tanya, like, how then do I do that? You stop asking the question outward and you start doing the work inside. <laughs> it sounds silly and it sounds little, but as long as you're looking to, for somebody else to tell you how to do what they've done, you're not embracing the fire that is unique to you, you know? you're going to do it differently than everybody. And that is your power. Yeah. I love that. Your yeah. superpower, the thing that makes you unique. 
Exactly. You're not going to find it through anybody else's journey, through their 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 work, through nothing. I mean, you can follow along on people's journeys and you can take what you need and leave what you don't. But ultimately, that's all going to meld into a beautiful, unique thing that is you and what you're able to do with that creativity inside you. I feel like I want everyone to hear this message. Like, like <laughs> I mean... It's it, it becomes really simple if you put yourself on a bit of a pedestal and leave everybody else out of your situation. You're able to do the work, which is great. And I feel like a lot of women feel um, very tied to each other. And I felt like this for a long time, too. I was constantly, since, since I was young, my body, my mind, how it measured up to everybody around me. But if we can all high five each other on our paths crossing constantly going in different directions at different times for different reasons, that's all we really need, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say that you will regret if you don't do in your life? Oh, what will I regret if I don't do in my life? I will regret apologizing or kind of playing down the accomplishments that I've worked really hard for. I don't talk a lot about this stuff. And the reason that I don't talk a lot about it is because I don't for a second want anybody to think that I have any kind of entitlement or holier than thou um, thoughts about who I am versus who other people are. And I think that if I just really half the battle is getting out of your own way, which I'm trying to do, but I really want to, I want to get to a place where I can meaningfully share bits of my journey to, I wouldn't say inspire, but really connect with other women on theirs because it's taken a lot of that for me. You know, I, I listen to podcasts. I like every self-help guru on this earth has have I've read I've been there I've done all of it Mm -hmm. and cumulatively it means something to me but at the same time you have to come and show up with as much as you're taking which I'm learning you have more in you than you can absorb from around you and bringing that to the table and kind of unloading it and being like this is what I do this is what I don't do this is what I'm good at this is where my creativity flies and then compensating for the rest in a way that can just really fuel you to your highest self is the coolest thing to me. Well, I definitely believe that that is a message that you will be given opportunity to share because it is, (laughs) it is by the sounds of it, it is burning very, very deeply within you and it, it resonates like right out of you. Like it just, I mean, as even if, as I'm hearing it, it's just inspiring me. I know you, you said, you know, I hate to inspire. I want more to connect, but I'm inspired. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I'm inspired and I, because I'm connecting. Right, right. And that's part of it. Uh, that's the part of it that I find. That's why women need each other so much. And that's mm-hmm. why I love the relationships that women have with each other. Because we're on different journeys, but when you find somebody that's kind of spark in their eyes and you know that you guys are, are on the same page in a lot of ways, even if you're doing different things, 
it that ignites something inside of me and like personally that I can't I can't quantify it. It's just it's it's great. When you look at another woman and you connect with them and you know just something between you and them is helping each other and it's the symbiotic thing where you're fueling each other in a way. It's like that is just the coolest, greatest thing to me, which is why celebrating other women has become a real pinnacle in my journey to self-worth and self-love and all that thing and all those types of things. 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I love that. Um, I think it's so much more important and we we hear the term um, community over competition a lot thrown around, especially on social media. But I really do believe when you are acting in community, versus being in competition and that is something that was probably really ingrained in us right (laughs) you know to be in competition with one another right when you can let that go and start to actually just be in community with people and let them speak into your life and vice versa like like magic does happen and it takes um humbling that in your own self to be able to give that to other women you know I used to have like crazy, I mean, it's not crazy because I'm a woman and that's how we're conditioned, but Mm. jealousy issues. And, you know, why did she get that? And I didn't get this. And, you know, she's doing something different. Maybe I should do something more like that. But once you kind of get into the groove of understanding your uniqueness and why you're of value, then you honor yourself, you celebrate yourself, and that lets you celebrate the women around you, which I always think I want to commend every woman who's ever celebrated another woman because it means that you have humbled yourself to the point where that is a value to you too. I could talk to you for hours. (laughs) I'll be honest and say that half of the things that are flying out of my mouth right now, I'm like, huh, I didn't know I felt that way. (laughs) I love that. No, I really do. Like it has been so encouraging to hear this and to to see your journey and, and hear how you have been able to face these things. And and like you said, like I mean, bears repeating. When you're doing hard work, it no one else can do it for you. Nobody. It's it sucks. <laughs> yeah, and it is hard because I know. I mean, I've been there. I've done yeah. hard work. I continue to do hard work, even as a coach. Um, right. People often think, "Oh, well, you know, for sure you've got it together." I'm like, "Oh, you've got to be kidding me!" In fact, every level that I get to, where I think, you know, because I measure on levels, I'm a perfectionist. But um, <laughs> every level that I feel like I get to, there's a whole new place for me to go. No, and a whole new set of challenges, which yes. is the, like the second you think you have it figured out, you're like, oh, okay, great, yeah. great, good. I have time for this for sure. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. <laughs> right, always. Yeah, and inward, it's like inward always. <laughs> did I even learn anything last time? Right. And that is, I, I hope I never stop feeling that way, you know, like yeah. that, that in, in and of itself is the magic. Did I even learn anything? Yeah. And you know what? I think it just kind of even struck me just as you were saying it. It's like in that you feel alive. That it's the unknowing, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the mystery and the magic of how vast the future is for you that lets you be so enthusiastic about what you're doing now. And sometimes I, I, listen, I do feel like, okay, I have a silly little store 
people come, they buy a candle, they leave. And, you know, I'm not doing enough. I'm not serving people enough. But what I'm trying to honor is the fact that my journey has been, you know, catastrophic in a lot of ways. And that store for me has been born out of a lot of really crappy things, yeah. <laughs> which is now, you know, fueling it. And the fact that it's a brick and mortar and it's a place and you told me that you got a feeling there, like that are, those are all very, um, meaningful things to me because they came out of such chaos and such self-loathing that to have somebody say that to me now is like, I I never thought I would get there. Well, girl, I am like seriously so proud to know you and to see the journey you're on. And I could just like, I literally have enjoyed every part of this conversation me too. Who who knew? And I made notes and everything. I don't even think I read them. I said myself. <laughs> no, and it's like I mean, I think like there when women hear this and they're probably shaking their head right now as they're listening to me say this, but they are thinking to themselves, I have literally hit the jackpot listening to this podcast. I mean, let's not get excited, but Come that on now. is for real. Something. Can I have that on a t-shirt? <laughs> you can. <laughs> Thank and you. then you can sell it. <laughs> yeah, let's sell totes in the store. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm in. Put me in. <laughs> They'll just say, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Now, if people do want to connect with you, how can they do that? They can't. Please leave me alone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, so you, they can follow County Collective on Instagram. That's probably our best bet if you want to keep up with the store. Mm-hmm. And then I go on really <laughs> kind of crazy rants and show you a lot of pictures of my, of my kids on, um, my blog or my personal Instagram. And that is mama in bloom, M A M A in bloom, okay. which also people sometimes call my main bloom, which I also feel like that gives me a different flavor but I'm into it yeah I'm, I'm totally yeah. into it and I love <laughs> I was actually just perusing through your personal Instagram today and I love your pictures thank you they're fabulous <laughs> and um and you can also find you um countycollective.com yeah countycollectivepec.com pec.com okay thank you yeah. and I will put this definitely in the show notes so that people if they do want to find you they want to visit the store or if they're not anywhere in Ontario and they just want to kind of find out who you are to definitely follow you on Instagram because girl, you're doing some amazing things and I am very excited to see what is going to happen for you in the future, how this online thing is going to take shape and you're going to get to the next level. I mean, next level, baby, all of us, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so you you should be expecting me out there in Prince Edward County very soon. I'm going to bring some friends. We will go to a winery, have yes. dinner or lunch and some wine and just toast to what comes next. I cannot wait. I am holding you to that. A hundred percent. And I think I might owe you lunch. So... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say I buy my friends. Maybe those tendencies kind of still ring true. I'm just kidding. I had the best time. I will take you out for lunch forever. No. Well, I cannot <laughs> wait to see you. Thank you so, so much for being on the Courage Cast. And thank you for having me. Well, friends, I think you hit the jackpot listening to this amazing woman. I know that I have personally taken away so much from having spoken with Tanya. 
If you're looking to connect with her, then I will list all of her details along with her shop info over on thecouragecast.com. And I've loved spending time with you all. So until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. The Courage Cast is produced by Stephen Crilly.